Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co-host Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Hey, Corey. Hey, hey. How's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I was up all night finishing this beast of a report that I just published, and we're going to go over today. Nice. Yeah, we've been kind of under the weather actually this week, so I'm glad to even be here today. <laughs> wasn't <laughs> right. wasn't sure if that was going to happen, but we made it. We pulled through. So, all right. Yeah, we got a lot to cover today. We're going to talk about um, your report, as you mentioned, on California and Nevada high-speed rail. Um, also, we're going to cover a report you put out um, a little bit ago on making meat great again. I love that title. <laughs> and my report that I put out um, last week as well on Chinese a Chinese bio lab in California. And then we'll cover up the cover up behind it because yes, some people might be aware of that, but there's been a big cover up since. And that's the big story is the cover up. It's always about the cover up, isn't it? It's it's like the high speed rails, you know, they're going around and it's driving me nuts. I'm looking at all the the media and they're, oh, and bright line this and bright line that. And, And then there'll be like separate little reports on some small little things. I'm like, wait a minute. This all goes together. This is one big story. And there are people outside this country controlling this shit show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then we'll wrap up and talk about the National Defense Authorization Act, which is the Pentagon's budget for 2024, which just passed, including the FBI's 702 FISA surveillance. So there's some th- details that we need to get into about that. Mm, joy. Yeah, but first up, we've we've got this Twitter thread, and I haven't had a chance to look at it, so I'm going to have you talk about it. So this, I literally just spotted this, and I was like, whoa, wait, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. So it's, and and I'm not going to read the whole thread, but it says AI discovers a world amnesia event. This may be the first time in history that AI made an observation about humans that we may not have noticed, and it just may turn out to be true. I've been working with a group of university students in a new AI model that has surfaced what AI is calling a 2020 to 2022 human amnesia event. Okay, then he goes on. And I'm not trying to diss him. I don't even know who he is. Uh, Could be a great person uh, with good intentions, but I'm going to say put the brakes on. Because if we start calling this a world amnesia event and that an event can last two whole years and that because people went through some stress and some trauma and my gosh, particularly children, uh, that suddenly this is, you know, they have bits of memory loss. Maybe they don't remember the whole, you know, every single event over the course of two years. Um, You know, trauma can do that. All kinds of things can do this. But to call this like a collective world amnesia event, no, that's suggesting that, oh, we don't really remember what happened and the facts are just all blurry. So, well, maybe it didn't happen. Kind of like, you know, victims who have been abused and they're trying to say, hey, this person did this to me and people won't believe them. And they're saying, no, that's all in your imagination. So apparently there's going to be a bunch of people working on this, um, I don't know. I, I I just, ooh, it just rubbed me the wrong way. The second I saw this, I'm like, this is a 
great. If you want to do some studies, I get it. There were, there was been a lot of anxiety, depression, and trauma from, you know, those two years of, of sheer hell that they put everyone through. And a lot of people lost loved ones during this from the jab or from not being able to get uh, medical attention that they needed. If, if you need to dig into that and um, report on that from a health and psychological standpoint, great. But don't call it amnesia and don't make right. it sound like a collective world event. And because AI is saying so, this is not good. No, not good at all. And there's one aspect that it doesn't seem to have discussed, which is okay, yeah, so there was trauma, there was a lot of emotional processing, um, disruption of routine, anxiety, stress during 2020 and 2022. Got it. But, yes. what, but, but what else happened? Amnesia. Right. But, but what else happened? We had mass, mass censorship and rewriting of history. So what you're doing mm -hmm. here is you're planting a seed that we all mm -hmm. had, had amnesia and people go, wait a minute, maybe I maybe I remember something incorrectly and they go look for something and they're like, Oh, it's not there. Maybe it was all in my head. No, no, right. that right. stuff exactly. was canceled. It was taken down. It was censored. And yep. now they're trying to rewrite history and say, no, 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 no. You just have amnesia. Right. Yes. yes that statue did actually used to be there. And these books were, were really over here. And yes, that building was once destroyed by rioters and burned. I mean, my God, th this is, this is encroaching on dangerous territory and it brings back the whole mass formation psychosis where once again, we're trying to say there's a whole group of people that are insane and crazy. When all of this is, is individual thought processes and attacks on individuals. And let me tell you how isolated they can get with those targets. So I just, I just, yeah, had to mention this because this, this could be a, a runaway train yeah i wonder if it takes off this global amnesia event in the way same way that mass formation psychosis did it really mm -hmm. took off and um so i'm just kind of wondering if this will enter into the psyche of the you know general public i might have to write something up on this i'm feeling yeah. inspired now after not sleeping all night <laughs> <laughs> all oh right. my goodness okay i'm gonna roll through parts fast because so the the make meat great again don't let the globalists pull this off uh i'm gonna roll through this fast because our other reports are a bit more time intensive and i don't want to take away from those so this is really important though because i know everyone knows i mean the memes were hysterical about all the clowns at cop 28 saying how they're going to limit our our meat consumption while they're all probably eating high on the hog over there after flying over on their private jets. But more importantly, while that was going on over in Italy uh, at a codex meeting, they were having their final votes on Zilpaterol, which uh, I know Scott Tips has been fighting relentlessly against on behalf of uh, the consumers on behalf of us. And so Zilpaterol is this steroid-like, veterinarian drug of course by mark and i think it was called um uh was it zilmax yeah zilmax back in the day 
And in 2015, that Merck actually recalled it because there were all kinds of problems going on, and it was never allowed in horses, but it was it was being used in um, cattle and pigs and poultry. Uh, and so the idea is it was to produce more muscle and less fat, which of course made Merck a fortune. And any ranchers who were dumb enough to use this to beef up their livestock. Um, would also benefit financially from it. It's it's had terrible adverse events and it's um it's not a good thing. And so they voted on this and so okay, so it came off the market in 2015, but eventually it snuck its way back through because you know our our FDA is wonderful and so is the USDA. So but by approving this, now they can like push it through all of these countries and um sorry i'm just like scrolling down here my brain is still wrapped around the report i just published an hour ago and this is when i did what like a week ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> it must be amnesia edge <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so anyway i mean this is this is in it's already in the u.s it's in multiple countries um I found it interesting, though, that speaking against this was the European Union, Switzerland, Norway, Russia, Kazakh, uh, I never say that right, Kazakhstan, Turkey, China, Thailand, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Iran, Iraq, UAE, Algeria, Belarus, Syria, tons of Tunisia. Thank you. Uh, North Macedonia and Cameroon. So they were all against this the ones really pushing it hard were the u.s canada new zealand and many african states but now that it's been approved they can push this all over so then i also get into the prime act because massey's been making headway on this he's been trying to get this through for like six years so everyone should support him and support every you know get your reps to uh vote for the prime act which would really loosens things up because we have limited slaughterhouses and by doing this it allows it it, it allows uh farmers and ranchers to take this to more uh local level where they'll be able to do things in a much more efficient way much more affordable way and much more available way for local communities so uh that's really important and then also the USDA, this is actually a good thing. Pay attention to the labels on meat in your stores because in March this year, they released a proposed rule with new regulatory requirements on those voluntary product of USA labels. I'm sure you've seen that on meat packages you've bought, whereby now the claim, so who knows what it was before, totally open-ended, I'm sure. Now the claim is that it can only be on meat, poultry, and egg products if they are derived from animals that are born, raised, slaughtered, and processed in the USA. So that's important. So then I have links to, uh, you know, finding local farmers and um, where I get my meat from, which I've researched extensively, that has absolutely no vaccines, no mRNA, no hormones, antibiotics, lopatrol, nothing. They're clean. And that's hard to find because even some uh, small scale farmers still still vaccinate their livestock. So just keep an eye out. It's really important to pay attention to all of that for the health of you and your family. And uh, 
yeah, we need to make meat great again and not let them continue to try to control our food consumption and what we can and can't eat and uh, poison it at the same time. So support your local farmers and ranchers. There you go. Yeah, this is jam-packed with some good information and some links as well on those different areas uh, from Codex to the Prime Act to, um, I think it's Shoppers Freedom, Shopping, Shopping Club, Club Freedom, Freedom and uh, where people can get, you know, good quality meat um, and avoid all this crap. Right. Absolutely. Aren't you tired of supporting globalist agendas with your hard-earned money? Sick of the impersonal big box store experience or concerned about the safety of everyday products you use at home? I have a solution. Shopping Club Freedom is here to revolutionize the way you shop and live. Say goodbye to questionable ingredients and harmful chemicals. They provide a carefully curated selection of safe and non-toxic everyday products from fluoride-free toothpaste to safe cleaning supplies because your health and well-being matter. And my new favorite is their all-natural beef selection. You can taste the difference with their premium outstanding beef. Their commitment to quality means you can savor every bite with confidence. There's no hormones, no antibiotics, no mRNA, just pure delicious goodness. And the best part is it's delivered right to your door. You can enjoy the convenience of doorstep delivery. No more endless aisles or crowded checkout lines. They bring your selection straight to your home, saving you time and hassle. Join Shopping Club Freedom today and embrace a new era of shopping where you have the power to make choices that align with your values. Take control of your purchases, support local businesses, and prioritize your well-being. Your gateway to independence is just one click away, so I urge you to go to their website at shoppingclubfreedom.com and you can start your independence today. All right, so on to this big report you just put out today, um, at Thursday. So tell us about this. This is a doozy. So <laughs> where do I begin? Um, all right, so the high-speed rail going from Southern California to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. And I know this has been going on since 2005, talks about this. And so everyone's immediately going to go, oh, yeah, Biden just said $3 billion is going to this. This is just another slush fund. Mm -mm, it's not. I I've dug through all the documents. They've got the land. They've got the stations. They've got the funding. They've got the investors. They've um, already have the, uh, I forget what they're called now. They're, they're, it's a certain kind of bond. I'll have to scroll down and look. Sorry, my brain's a little fried right now. This is a 10-page report. So um, they have this all locked in with the states. It's it's already signed, sealed, and delivered. And they want this all completed by the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. And so what was bugging me is they're saying, uh, they keep referring to it as Brightline West. That's who's going to run and operate this. But they're going to work with the states and they're going to bring in union labor workers. And this is all going to be made in America, manufactured in America, run and operated in America and da, 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 da. And this is going to be the blueprint for other high speed rails that are going to run across our country. And so I'm like, hmm, I wonder who really owns Brightline. And man, I went down a rabbit hole. So it's really important because... They're technically 
the the owners, the originators are all outside of the U.S. So, and it's it's not heading in a great direction right now, and it raises a lot of red flags for me. So, uh, where do I start? Let's see. So we can skip past the. We got sixty six billion to railways. This was in the remember the big infrastructure investment and jobs act back yep. in 2021 that i had broken down and um 66 billion was set aside for railways so we just gave 3 billion to california for this but he's got like 8 billion set aside for these high speed rails so we can skip past that whole section i want to get into the chain of ownership let's see if i can memorize this without having to look at my report um that way I can get through it quicker. So, okay. So you have Brightline in Florida, which people are probably familiar with, uh, at least if you're over in that area. And that's an inner city railway that is owned by the same company. And so what we have is they, uh, the if we go back, if we come back over to the West End, okay, Desert Express is who originally started the project out in California back in 2005. And they eventually teamed up with China Railway International, but ran into a hiccup because of federal regulations. At the time, they were saying that any federal lending had to be um, go towards uh, companies that were, you know, made in the USA, manufactured in the USA, that type of thing. And so they just kept running into these hiccups. So in comes uh, Brightline, which is owned by Fortress Investment Company, who owns a shit ton of subsidiaries. And they they manage uh, almost like 46 billion in assets, okay. Not not a tiny company. And some of the, and, and I didn't, you know, I don't have time to look through 150 subsidiaries. I was staying focused, trying to stay on these tracks and stay focused on this. But I did look it up just a couple real quick to see who the top shareholders were. And of course we have Vanguard and BlackRock in there. So, so what we have is then uh, Fortress Investment Group they had started the line in Florida in 2012, which became operational in 2018. And they actually just expanded this year um, into Orlando, I believe it was as well. But Brightline was originally a subsidiary under Florida East Coast Industries. And Fortress Investment Group uh, acquired them in 2007. So now I'm going to skip past some sections. So what we have is in 2017 SoftBank uh, group out of Tokyo, heard of SoftBank, right? Big tech and all kinds of stuff, energy and whatnot. So they acquired Fortress in 2017, which is based out of New York. Okay. So it started out as a U.S. company. Uh, so now you got SoftBank running the show but fortress is under them so they're still technically running brightline and then the following year they say well let's acquire uh desert express which by that time had changed names to express west so they acquire express west 
and they rebrand it to Brightline West. So we now have Brightline in Florida, Brightline West over in California to Nevada. And Fortress has numerous rails and I, and I have all this linked in here. So this is, like I said, this is a blueprint and this is where, so like in Florida, <clears throat> they're the only privately owned and operated passenger railroad in the US. And this is going to continue. This is like a, a blueprint, but they're kicking it into the real high speed rails that can go up to 200 miles per hour. So, so they acquire them. And then what happens is as they're moving along, trying to get federal funding for this, SoftBank starts running into problems with some of their investments. And they're like, wow, we're going to have to unload Fortress. So they make a deal with, with, uh, Mubadala Investment Company, which is like uh, state-owned. It's, you know, UAE. It's the second biggest fund. I'm trying to remember. I have it in here somewhere with what they they uh, manage. I know I have it in here somewhere, but it's, it's billions and billions. Okay, so they say, we're going to sell you. Um, they already have 10% of shares, okay? We're going to sell you another 60. So now you're going to be 70% owner of, of uh, Fortress Investment Company. So I'm just going to call it Fortress for now on. So the other 30% would be for the management of Fortress, which there are still a couple there that were the original co-founders. Only the problem is, is there... United Arab Emirates. And so now they go under a CFIUS review. And yeah, I'm going to have to look that one up because I can't remember the, the breakdown off the top of my head. So if you spot it, go ahead and say it, Ed. So it's a, uh, it's a committee that's, you committee know, Committee on headed... Foreign Investment in the United States review, right? Is that what yes. Talking? Yeah. So they're the, the under the, uh, it's, chaired by the U.S. Treasury's Secretary Janet Yellen, our favorite person, along with representatives from Biden's cabinet. So they don't make this information public. They don't tell you about the details, but we do know that they're under review. And this is common when you have like a foreign company coming in on, for national you know, security to um, evaluate them. Well, yeah, they're rigorously testing and checking on. I know, right? <laughs> They're foreign so countries thorough. interests in our farmland and our right. critical exactly. infrastructure yeah they really give a, a shit about that right right and so they say their concern is the scrutiny over this is because of uae's ties with china that continues to advance so we already know that the uae is joining BRICS in um january and they have china is building a military base over in the UAE. And the UAE just in September of this year opened an office in Beijing and has come out and said that investing in the East is where it's at right now and that they're still going to invest in the US. Um, but that, you know, they're kind of rearranging their strategy here with everything going on. And especially so bricks, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then they just called on the, um, so on the seventh, they say 
this is kind of funny that the uh, Mubadala's CEO says that they're shifting toward Asia, but the U.S. will remain, I think, an unbelievably attractive market and a key market for us. And then he goes on to say the growth is in the East today. It's in big economies that are growing. And we didn't have as much of a focus on that in the last 10 years. We have a lot more focus today and we're building up that capability. Okay. And he's referencing like Southeast Asia and India, but the following day, then the UAE comes out and asks BRICS countries this. So this is on December 8th now to use local currencies instead of the U S dollar in oil trade. And so they just recently shipped um, a million barrels of oil over to India in September, and then they did the the payment in the rupee. So, so yeah. So then, so so that's where we're at right now. They're supposed to be closing this deal in the first quarter um, next year. So the UAE could be taken over Fortress again. Fortress runs Brightline, and then they're bringing in. Um, the so you've got hang on i'm trying to remember the name we have siemens is one trying to remember the name of the other one um that are battling it out for uh alstom so alstom is headquartered out of france but they have a plant in new york and then Siemens is headquartered in Munich and they have a plant in California. And so they're battling it out for the manufacturing of the actual uh, train sets, which they did for Siemens did five of them for the Florida Brightline operation. So they already have a foot in the door. So now we've got, we've got Germany, we've got France, we've got the UAE with deep connections to China all in on this. And, um, in the meantime, the fortress itself, um, there was just this, well, I have, I have like several interesting points on fortress here. I don't want to get into the whole thing because we have too much other stuff to cover, but uh, you, people have to come in here and read this. It's just, it's just mind blowing stuff. And they're also partnered up with partners in health um brightline is so that's a huge red flag for me i've reported on them numerous times they go back to the whole aids deal they were instrumental in um well first off they're partnered with hundreds of ngos especially the clintons um jim young kim was the co-founder you know former world bank president and so they were the ones that were instrumental in creating the whole contact tracing bit when COVID hit. And so they're partnered up with them. I, I don't like that high speed rails with those people. So, so then in, in coincidentally, I stumbled across just as I was finishing writing this edge, I find this court document and I'm like, Oh, I have to include this. So on September of this year, this petition for declaratory relief was filed by nine lending companies against uh, Fortress's Brightline Holdings and over a dozen of their subsidiaries that are all tied to the high-speed rail bit. And Morgan Stanley, uh, Senior Funding Inc., you know, for allegedly committing fraud and being in breach of the credit agreement by scheming to avoid having to pay the plaintiffs. 
they promised make whole amount for their contribution to the loan. So like it was, we're talking $750 million they tried to allegedly wiggle out of. But when you read the, you know, I couldn't put this whole thing in here, but when you read this document, your, your mouth just drops. I mean, this, the, this isn't just, you know, like a misinterpretation. This is, we're going to, we're going to move out. Morgan Stanley and Fortress are going to sneak out the other subsidiaries out of this deal so that they can't make whole on the payment. And then Morgan Stanley is going to, you know, fraudulently create a separate document and slip it in as though that was part of the agreement. I mean, this is like some serious scheming going on. Oh, imagine that. Imagine that. A high-speed railway (laughs) scheme to launder money and commit fraud? Oh, well, no, this wasn't never... laundering. Laundering. This was, I mean, this was more. Uh, Morgan Stanley had the initial loan out to uh, Brightline Holdings, and they said, "Well, we're going to sell this loan over to these lending companies under these terms." So they they wrote up this, you know, uh, credit agreement, and then they schemed to get out of it and not have to pay it. And Morgan Stanley worked with Fortress to do this. Now, this is all allegedly. But I have the document linked in here so people can read it. It's just it's just sketchy and kind of par for the course. So so anyway, so I just kind of get into the Brightline West operation, which again goes beyond it's a hundred and ten acres. Well, they also have this Brightline Plus where they plan on um setting up accommodations for people. So when you land in Vegas, it's not just a ride to Vegas. We've got you hooked up with vehicles and resorts and hotels and yada, yada, yada. And we also have 25 minutes down the road, the new 300 acres that Amazon just purchased in August, but we're not sure what they're doing with that yet. I don't know if that's going to be some big distribution center, some energy plant thing or what's going on with that. And so they've got, I, I just break down the parcels in here and whatnot and 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 people need to understand. So their whole their whole marketing on this is we need to get people out of the cars, off the roads, off the highways, and and go into the all net zero electric high speed rails where you will not be able to access without a digital identity or a good social credit score one day. I mean, they don't say that part, but that's where that's where this is going. If you look through their sites, it's all diversity and inclusion and um, Fortress Investments talks about their responsibility and how they, when they're investing, it's all about ESG. So, so they're in, they're completely in with the, with the globalists here. So then I just did this timeline and I won't get into the whole timeline, but I found it very sketchy because while all this is going on in november you've got biden meeting with with she over in san francisco and then on december 6th you've got uh putin flying uh to abu dhabi excuse me to meet with mbz and then on the 8th while the uae is asking BRICS countries to uh, use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar and oil trade. You've got Biden announcing $3 billion going to the California-Nevada high-speed rail that the UAE is technically wanting to have ownership of. So it's all just 
very a cluster. Big. Yes. <laughs> They're all in yeah. bed. But the news will have you believe that Brightline is wonderful and 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 it's just this private group. You know, they don't tell you the whole chain of ownership to all of this and what's yeah, what's and, really been going on. And these private groups have serious connections with their own governments, especially when you're talking about China. Oh right? yeah. And oh, that yeah. private company uh in the UAE UAE that's state owned, is it not? Isn't that what you just said? The uh uh Mubadala? Yeah, yeah, it's like their second largest investment firm. So yeah, it's 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 not it, it's, so it's not owned. private. It's, <laughs> it's not private. Oh no, yeah, no, nothing private about it. No, yeah. nor is nor is Brightline or the whole Brightline list of subsidiaries. Um, so foreign countries like China and the UAE, which are making moves behind America's back to join an alliance to take down the U.S. dollar, are also investing serious money in our critical infrastructure, which yes. is going to be designed to basically lock down Americans. You can't drive your own cars, have to have the digital ID, have to have a pass to be able to get anywhere, right? And you Right. these these railway systems <clears throat> i didn't know how to come up with a headline for this i'm like how do i explain this isn't just about california and nevada rail this is you know this is this is a nest this is a web this is the blueprint that they want to expand across the country and infrastructure that's potentially owned going to be owned well technically it's tokyo right now so you know by outside of the u.s and knowing where they're heading with things and then just the mere fact too call me crazy but you get this high-speed rail going from california out to las vegas and we've got this massive border infiltration and they want this done by 2028 which is another election year and i'm just going man i can just see all kinds of nefarious things there not to mention all of the preconditioning pre-programming of our critical infrastructure is going to be attacked, cyber attacks. It, you don't know where it's coming from. China, Iran, North Korea. <laughs> right. it, you'd never know who it's going to be. It, you know, you'd never suspect that it would be our own government who was in on it. No. I know. I know. And the <laughs> movies rolling out are ridiculous. I just saw the trailer for Civil War. Have you seen the trailer on that one yet? No, I heard talk about Ugh, it The predictive programming. We won't even get into the movie with Julia Roberts. Absolutely insane. So yeah, they're laying it on thick, laying on the fear thick. Absolutely, they are. And um, meanwhile, when there are actual real threats, they're shutting down investigations and covering them up. <laughs> speaking well, of China. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, um, we're going to run through this report I put out last week on the Chinese biolab in California. Many of you have already heard about it, but I wrote this report to just recap an investigation that included new key details of this Chinese biolab that operated in California, and especially those new details as they relate to a cover-up by the FBI and the CDC. Um, so it was this time last year, actually, that a local code officer uh, just stumbled upon a an illegal Chinese bio lab in Reedley, California. It was a complete coincidence. The lab had served, uh, had several Chinese nationals in it, uh, working in it. 
and it was filled with containers um, labeled with deadly diseases from HIV uh, to malaria to Ebola, as well as COVID. And um, we now know that that lab was um, operated by an, a, a Chinese national who was an illegal alien and a wanted fugitive. <laughs> and he was part of a transnational criminal organization connected to China. And this organization was responsible for stealing intellectual, and he himself was responsible for stealing intellectual property as it relates to bioengineering techniques of the American cattle industry, specifically bioengineering techniques for cow's milk, which I found really interesting. And I didn't mention this in the report, so I'll mention it now. Yeah. Um, just because of what we've learned over the past year and China's interest in, um, you know, it raises questions. Does it have a possible link to China's interest in administering COVID mRNA bioweapons via cow's milk? Because we know they actually did research on that and were successful. And um, so, yeah, that just raised a red flag for me. But anyways, right. um, even this bigger, whole story is insane. I it's remember absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely insane. Because how did this guy get in the country undetected? How was this guy able to set up multiple companies, not just in Canada and in China and all over the world, but here in the U.S.? How was this guy able to obtain deadly uh, viruses from American laboratories um, without being detected? It raises so yeah, where many did we red get flags. Help? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the bigger part of this this whole story is really all about the FBI and CDC cover-up because the local officials who they tried for months once they discovered this biolab they were trying for months to get the federal agencies involved and the FBI shut down their investigation only two months after they found out about this thing or supposedly found out about it I'm not buying the story that they didn't know this thing existed but, right. but uh, when they were informed by the local officials, they shut down the investigation two months later, and they were just claiming, oh, there were no weapons of mass destruction there, um, which is absurd. Because, Ludicrous. Yeah, they couldn't even determine that um, that there was no bioweapons or anything because none of these vials were actually tested. Um, the CDC completely ignored the calls of these local officials who repeatedly called and called and called. They were getting hung up on by the CDC. Finally, a Congress member who uh, you know, represents that region called them out. And that's the only time, that's the only reason why the CDC got involved is because they were kind of like put on notice, you know, hey, we know right. that you're avoiding these phone calls. And so the yeah. CDC reluctantly gets involved and the only only to just cover up what happened in this bio lab because they refused to test anything over and over and over again. Even the, the uh, local officials said, we'll pay for the tests, please just test these vials here so we can find out how bad this really is they refused to do it because well, they were marked right they i mean they, they were, were marked the vials were marked for everything from hiv to ebola actually the uh, a freezer was marked um full of containers so the freezer was marked for ebola 
Um, but vials were marked for HIV, COVID, malaria, all these different things. And then there were a bunch of vials. Most of the vials actually were written in either Chinese or in codes or didn't have any labels on them at all. And mm. so, you know, even if you just took at face value what these people who were clearly fraudsters because they were um, running this illegal lab in the first place and they were selling these fake uh, testing kits for everything from COVID to pregnancy tests. And he's a freaking fugitive. And he's a fugitive. Fraudsters. (laughs) So you're you're taking the word of fraudsters and criminals um, based off of what they just wrote on these vials and on the freezers but even if just considering that you're not even testing the stuff that was unmarked you're not testing the stuff that was coded which they never were able to determine what those codes meant so you have no idea so i have a question when they told them just um get rid of it all where did where do they take it to dump all this I have no idea. I have no idea. They so so basically what happened was the CDC refused to test anything. And they knew that by not acknowledging that there were what they call um uh, what was the word what's the word that they use? Select agents. That, that that since the CDC did not officially acknowledge that there were quote unquote select agents at this biolab, they knew that the local officials would be required to follow an abatement order, which is like a court order to destroy this evidence. And so the local officials did that. They followed through with this abatement order and disposed of all of the evidence that was at this biolab because the CDC basically allowed that to happen through their refusal of testing what was actually at the lab. So is there some sort of regulations around, like, could they not have had it tested by some other state scientific lab or something? I I have no idea if they had any other options. But yeah, here's a picture of the process of them you know, getting rid of the, you know, the material. 40 trash can sized containers. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. And Mm -hmm. it was actually during the abatement process of them getting rid of stuff um, that they discovered the freezer that had, uh, that was labeled with Ebola. And so everything that was inside the freezer had all of these containers that were unlabeled. And so with that sort of loophole, the CDC said, no, you, you know, that's, that do- doesn't count. We, we're not going to count that as a select agent because the, the vials or the bags inside that freezer though? aren't labeled for Ebola. But Ebola is a select agent. It is highly dangerous and so um the cdc was just like nah just go ahead and get rid of it um you know follow through with this abatement order and so they destroyed this evidence of what could have very well been um ebola inside of this this bio lab and this was all 
basically because the CDC refused to test stuff. When they talked to the locals, they lied to them and and said, you know, these are our, our rules and regulations that we have to follow, which was totally false and incorrect, misleading them to believe that they had to throw the stuff away and get rid of the evidence. It was clearly a cover-up by the CDC and the FBI. And so what, and so what did the FDI, FBI do about any of this? Nothing. Besides- they... Nothing. They did nothing. That was just it. They did nothing. They, they after two months, said there were no weapons of mass destruction there, so we can't do an investigation. Bullshit. You don't uh, know what was there because the CDC refused to test it. And that was the whole point, it was to eliminate the evidence. And so we have no idea what was there. And the worst part of it is that we don't know how many of these labs are out there because this was a total fluke that somebody caught this thing. And the fact that this guy was a fugitive, the fact that this guy was a Chinese national, a legal alien, the fact that this guy was obtaining um, dangerous pathogens from American laboratories, and none of this raised any red flags with your agencies? None of it? Unless the entire thing was staged and meant to scare people. I mean, Either that or yeah. they're just, they're turning a blind eye to real threats because they're too concerned oh. about targeting American citizens for what exactly. they post online that is against the Biden regime. So do so. we really think the CFIUS is going to turn down uh, Mubadala in Purchasing Fortress? I don't know. I don't think so. And if they do, SoftBank is like hurting. So it makes me wonder, okay, well then if that doesn't go through or if too many eyes are on it, so now we can't put it through, who are they going to sell it to? I don't know, but I can tell you it's most likely not going to be a U.S. company. I swear we got to worry about our enemies from within. I mean, because they're the ones who are selling us out to our foreign adversaries. Right, exactly. Uh, Speaking of... Speaking of... Yeah, selling us out. Hello. Um, This is such an uplifting podcast, Ed. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, next week, we're going to do a really uplifting one. Yeah. For the the holidays, yeah. Promise, promise. Okay. (laughs) Well, this week, the Senate voted... 87 to 13 to pass the National Defense Authorization Act to fund the military industrial complex for another year. And the NDAA was sent to the House where GOP members objected to the Senate's version, um, which excluded several amendments that the House members had previously voted, voted on. And they were pissed off about how all of the stuff they put in there about stripping woke policies from the defense budget, reforming the FBI 702 FISA program, etc. Anyways, the um, under the new House Speaker, Mike Johnson, the House basically suspended the House rules by a two-thirds majority uh, vote to go ahead and pass this NDAA. This mm-hmm. monstrosity and the final version of the NDAA, of the defense budget, is $886.3 billion, mm. which is about $30 billion more than the 2023 defense budget. God. Which yeah. probably includes nothing on borders, but but we haven't looked yet because it's how many pages, Edge? It's over 3,000 pages. <laughs> um <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so I haven't, haven't been able to, uh, to finish reading that one yet. I was perusing a little bit of it. haven't seen anything about it on the border. I'll talk about the border in a second um, as it, in regards to a separate bill. Mm. But um, this funding to the Pentagon comes as the Pentagon just failed another audit, the sixth audit in a row. Imagine um, that. Yep. In the last audit, the Pentagon failed to account for $1.9 trillion out of their $3.8 trillion in assets. $1.9 <laughs> trillion. I don't, don't know where that went. What? Hmm. Hmm. It's uh, just, maybe, we'll, it's, we'll just, maybe it's under we'll the just, mattress. I don't know. We'll just add it to the list of uh, trillions and trillions and trillions wandering out. Yeah. So the final NDAA... Uh, includes reauthorization of the FBI's Section 702 Pfizer surveillance program, which um, we've proven time and time again that this surveillance program has been weaponized against Americans to spy on us without a warrant. So we have proof that the FBI misused intelligence, um, that they have used the Pfizer 702 surveillance to spy on Americans at least 278,000 times between 2016 and 2020. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're just re-upping the, uh, the 702. Um, so the NDAA it, just renewed 702, and, uh, which would have expired at the end of this year. They renewed that up until uh, April of 2024 without reforms. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, well, and, yeah, but didn't they adjust like one of the sentences in it that kind of made it sound a little more broad, almost like they have access to any communications without a warrant or something? Or did I? I just, it just flew by me the other day, so I don't know okay. if I have that right. I'm going to try to explain it and break it down a little bit. So, okay. um, the House Judiciary came up with a bill to reform the 702. At the simultaneously, the House Intelligence had a bill to reform 702. Okay, they were competing bills in the House. Okay, mm. the House Judiciary bill called for um, requiring a warrant to access any information on American Americans that was captured under the 702. Uh, but that didn't happen because um, it was a, a competing with this House Intelligence Bill, which was a piece of crap um, <laughs> that uh, used really broad language that could be interpreted as expanding 702 authority to surveil Americans. Not only did it extend the authorization for nine years, but it also allowed warrantless searches of public Wi-Fi entities like a coffee shop or a library or whatever. They could just do warrantless searches of whatever. Wow. Yeah. And so um, those two competing bills, um, the House really couldn't reconcile. And so they said, eh, we'll just, um, you know, approve a clean reauthorization of the 702, kick the can down the road until April 2024. Ah, uh, okay. So we need to pay attention when April comes. No. No, oh. let me just let me just because uh, oh, it gets worse. Oh, it gets boy. worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to pay attention right now. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, yeah, yeah. okay. Because of this obscure provision of FISA, the um, the the act 
um, it says that 702 surveillance can continue while an existing FISA court authorization is in effect. So essentially, this so-called uh, 702, um, you know, being short-term, you know, reauthorization being short-term um, through mid-April, that's BS. It's actually a stealth long-term reauthorization because the FISA court is expected to re-up the annual authorization in April. So that four-month extension to April is more like a 16-month extension um, mm. when the FISA court re-ups their authorization, right? So this is an extension to get to April in which the FISA court is expected to extend it for another year. So we're giving them a an authorization basically all through 2024, well into 2025 to continue to spy on Americans unrestrained. And so, yeah, so I'm picturing, you know, they'll pull off some cyber attacks and God knows what else to uh, to add to it and make it even broader as broad as they possibly can get to the point where they can lock in the social credit system uh control the narratives down to every degree on from every device every form of communication you make they will have access to yeah and you know congress just gave them a pass to do that yeah. i'm sure there's a list online of who uh who was voting for what mm -hmm. yeah so the um the votes which were let's see here i know i wrote it down i just gotta find it um there were that's okay i was just curious like how many idiot republicans voted for this okay so the the vote was 310 to 118 uh, with 45, 45 Democrats and 73 Republicans against it. I mean, not that, that it was for the, the total uniparty right now, with the exception of a handful. That was for the NDAA, which included the FISA gotcha. authorization. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So then uh, we still quick, have so, this separate bill, yeah, though. On yeah, the, yeah, let me yeah. just go through a couple highlights, though. Uh, Lowlights, actually of what's in this monstrosity the final oh ndaa so the final ndaa stripped out um a ban on the defense department's abortion policy so basically they're st still able to pay for service members to travel across state lines and get abortions it mm. also um stripped a ban on funding um the the, the defense department funding for transgender hormones and surgeries you're kidding no no these were things that the house put in there senate pulled out and then the house approved the senate's version so with all this crap pulled out um so, so wait so you're saying they will fund yes so now that? with the ndaa the defense department has a free pass to fund their abortion policy of paying for people's travel uh, across state lines to get abortions and paying for people to get hormones and surgery Wow. Surgeries for transgender treatments. 
Um, the final bill did supposedly include um, some small provisions that got, you know, that the House wanted, which was uh, a ban on funding drag shows, CRT training, and DEI um, initiatives and positions. Uh, minor question. Minor victory by comparison to all this other junk that, that, you know, got passed. I don't know if you know this or not. I haven't had health insurance in years. Do health insurance companies cover abortions? Do you know? Um, I think so. I think so. Do they really? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> I mean, I know they, they, they'll probably cover like the pill or stuff like that, but I didn't know that they would cover abortions i'm just thinking as a comparison to why would the military cover it type thing but i don't know i just know that i know that um i think of it more like companies like subsidizing it like um Uh, like some a a lot of companies um when the whole roe v wade thing happened uh got overturned um a lot of companies came out and said you know, we will give you up to time off to travel. I we'll give you time that. off. We'll give you four thousand dollars or ten oh. up to ten thousand dollars if you have to wow. cr- travel across state lines to go get an abortion. Wow! To pay okay. for all of your travel expenses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's like that. It's like a perk for working for this particular company. In this case, now you know it's a perk for working for the uh, the Defense Department. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah, so the uh, the NDAA does extend Ukraine security assistance through 2026 and authorizes $300 million each for 2024 and 2025 fiscal years. And another six, uh, another $3.6 billion, um, which goes to the European Deterrence Initiative, which is basically funding the Ukraine war. And then um, another $14.7 billion is going to build up military capacity in the Indo-Pacific in preparation for conflict with China over Taiwan. So there is a um, separate bill, and I thought I had a tab, but I guess I don't. Um, There is a bill, a separate bill in Congress for more funding on top of the NDAA to the tune of about $105 billion, going mostly to Ukraine and Israel. Um, that is not yet passed, and that's because Congress is at an impasse over measures that are supposed to be part of that bill to, you know, secure the border. Um, yeah, they, I love how they lump all that together. Right, right. Like, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back. In the end, we all lose. Actually, in the end, we win (laughs) while the public loses. Goodness. That was a heavy podcast. That was heavy. Next week's going to be fun. Yeah, next, getting ready for the holidays. So that'll be good. (laughs) All right, guys. Um, Anything else you want to, any final thoughts, Corey? I don't think so hang in there everyone it's a bumpy ride right now but we'll get through this yeah just you know what you need to do is get away from after you listen to this podcast and share it <laughs> then you need to get away from go for a jog <laughs> go out madness. in nature yes yeah, go have Spend some time fun. with your family yeah it's important to laugh Find it, a is. <laughs> it is 
All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in. No longer on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe to our other platforms, and we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Thank you.